<laughs> right, right. Yeah, this is. Uh, oh, wow. Right. It's, I, I think that might actually be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, yes, yes, yesterday. It was yesterday. Now that you think about it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Like you put it in the intro, man. It's like you know we know we want to avoid like massive hangovers. Yep. So, so yep. It's like, oh yeah, that's when we did get together, man. It's so awesome to like get to see every you know, just off of you know. Off off the cuff like that, brother. It's nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Enjoyed enjoyed another local watering hole that's been here quite a while. Shout out to Broderpool Brew Pub. Yes. Yes. Taking care of us locally. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us again for another Wednesday installment of the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. Um, Aaron, uh, you know, we, we, we started off a new year, new season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Action. Um, yep. We have come off of an incredible summer of you know women's soccer. Uh, Io talked with us last week about it, and um, man, you know, I, I think that the thing that we do tonight is we get back to basics, brother. Mm-hmm. We get back to basics, and we talk red and we talk blue. Indeed. Yeah, and, and, and I'm looking. I've been looking forward to it. So if you would go ahead and hit that Man City. Chant for us, my friend. Man, Man City, Man City. What? What? This is this is not the Powder Blue podcast, my friend. Wow! Wow! I, you know what? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. In my defense, in my defense, I I have had a margarita or two. Add a kid. Add a kid. See, that's what I like to hear. I like to. I, we get primed to have you uh, folks in our living room. So uh, we'll we'll start here um, because I think. I think, um, given the performance uh, this weekend, I think you kind of have to say I'm Chelsea till I die because that was, um, and, and I'm not one to talk, we'll get to my team in a minute, but um, that was not quite the performance I think a lot of Chelsea fans were, were hoping for out of the gate. Now, preseason didn't really do you a lot of favors. I think there was, you know, some concerns with new guys coming in. But what did you see, and what what's what's your take? What's your big takeaway from this first match? So here's here's what I saw. I, I saw something that us Chelsea fans had better get used to. Um, we they call soccer the beautiful sport for a reason. Um, we're not going to be playing beautifully for a while this year. I, I think that any win we get is going to look like what we did versus Everton. Um, you know, we're struggling uh, to find someone to even remotely fill a nine position. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. all the false nine right now. I think it's just yeah. a um, you know, goal scoring by you know regiment. Like, hey, mm-hmm. who wants to step up and, and, and make this run? Who wants to do this? I, I, I don't think that we... Um, I don't think we had that. I think that we put too much on Raheem Sterling whenever we bought him. Mm-hmm. As he is going to be, I'm not saying everybody did, but, I'm, mm-hmm. but but I heard a lot of talk, and I you know I saw on you know Facebook pages and you know stuff like that as far as Chelsea's concerned. Like yes, okay, this is the guy that hopefully will finally solve our problems with being you know, a, a, a true nine because of the pedigree he comes from from Man City, and it's like no. I, I don't see it. I see him. I see him being 
obviously better than Werner. I see him being, you know, somebody who has incredible touch of the ball in the box. Mm -hmm. I do not see him as a, you know, as our good friend, um, Mr. Mark. I won't say his last name because he wants to remain anonymous. So as Mark said, you know, he, he is not an Olivier Giroud. Um, no, no. Just, he just isn't, and that's okay. But the problem is, right now, we need Olivier Giroud. We need we need a, a Drogba. We need mm -hmm. somebody to step in and say, this, I've got this. And right now, we don't have it. So we're going to see a lot more of what we saw on, on Saturday, Aaron. As, 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 as Chelsea fans, we're going to see a lot more of this this drudgery of the match. Um and it's going to it's going to look like a tractor pull. I mean, it just is. And in as long as we can continue to get points, I think that's okay because that'll allow us to begin to figure this thing out. Do I have faith in Tuchel? Absolutely. I think he can. I think he can get it together. But this is gonna this is gonna take time. And this is you said this, and I think both of us actually said this probably a couple of shows ago. You don't want to take too much time. Because you're going to be in the same position you were last year, looking up at Man City and Liverpool running away with this thing. And quite frankly, mm -hmm. this year, you may be looking up at Arsenal and Tottenham. So that's kind of what I saw. I was like, okay, I'm happy to get the three points. You know, it was good to see Frank and the you know Everton guys fighting. Um, I, you know, that's great. It's good for the sport. I'm glad it was competitive. But um, and I'm glad that you know, Ben Chilwell driving to the goal made that penalty happen so um i was happy about that but man it was it was not a strong showing at all not a strong showing what did you see as we were sitting there watching that match man well in a lot of ways um you know how i described it earlier really a lot of the same problems that were plaguing chelsea toward the end of the season uh, and that is you know no no focal point and, you know, teams like City have been able to play with that false nine for a while because they can score goals by committee. They do have lots of players. They, they, they tear you apart. They pull you from side to side so much that they create some good, clear goal-scoring opportunities for good attacking players. Um, and Chelsea's got good attacking players. I think the main issue is that Sterling's a good good bring. I mean, that, that that's fine. But... Choosing to play him, uh, you know, as, as the forward-most player um, is going to be a problem. It's not who he is. It wasn't who he was at City. It's never really been his position. He's an attacker, but he's a, I, I, I think of him more as coming off wide left. And I think not having a number nine and playing Sterling there causes a knock-on effect. So the, the choice to play Mount wide right and Havertz wide left, I think, was, you know, a bit of a mistake from the standpoint of, First off, Mount, I, I see him as more, you know, of a deep-lying, you know, he, he's a 10. He should be in behind um, and kind of driving in. You know, he, he's got a little bit of Frank about him. Um, Havertz, to me, is best on the right wing as an inverted attacker. That way he can cut in, use that left foot in swinging crosses, sw you know, shots that are current far post, a la Mo Salah. Obviously not Mo Salah, but he has, he has some of those abilities. And I, I just... I saw 
a really disjointed team. And the the takeaway is you managed to figure out how to get a victory against a team that was really fighting tooth and nails. And you know when you have you know two injuries you know, in in, in kind of quick succession like that. One, a horrible injury, you know, uh, Godspeed to, to Ben Godfrey, but I, I don't think we're going to see him again this season. I'm not entirely sure what the extent of the injury is. They were a little quiet about it, and I didn't follow up, um, so that's on me. But, you know, I I saw a Reese James really, really struggling to, to deliver set pieces, and, and I got to be honest, at some point in time, as the captain of Piliqueta, or even Jorginho, I think I'd have taken him off that duty at some point. It just wasn't working. I don't know what the plan is for corner kicks, and it would seem that he is not on the same page with his teammates. You know, Jordan Pickford's not a huge goalkeeper. You know, it, it, it the balls coming in seem to be meant to sort of crowd around him and cause problems, but that's not where Chelsea's attackers ended up in the box. Um, Koulibaly looked okay. I think that was fine. Um you know, uh, it was good to see Chilwell back out wide doing what he does. Um, but, you know, it, the team looked really, really disjointed. And, you know, you, you push, you know, Conte a little bit further forward, and your back line doesn't have the, the, the um, protection that it needs because Silva and Athpilicueta Eth- are, you know, they're, they're coming up on their ARP cards. You know, combined, I think they could retire. Um, that that is that's not a good sign. I'm not really sure why um, you know uh, uh, Trevor Chalaba uh, wasn't called on. Um, I'm not really sure why Hakim Ziyech maybe didn't see some time. Christian came on for Mount, uh, but honestly, really didn't do a whole lot. But I don't think that's on him so much as you know Chelsea were really kind of struggling to hold on in that game, and I. I think had a had a couple things broken uh, for Everton, they could have at least gotten a point out of it. I feel a little bit bad for Frank, but you know there's concern now. You know there's there's transfer talk today that maybe um, Chelsea's trying to swoop in for uh, Frankie De Jong. We'll see what goes on with that. Um, you know, considering Barcelona and Manchester United already had a bit of a deal in place, I think we have the upper hand there. That said, our performance doesn't make anybody want to come to this team, but. That's not what's missing. You're missing a true number nine, a goal scorer. And quite frankly, if you're thinking about sending uh, Kai Havertz to, yeah, is it Havertz? No, it's Hakim Zayek. If you're thinking about sending Hakim Zayek to AC Milan, I'd be asking for Olivier Giroud back. Uh, yeah, you know? That, yeah, that. And also today, um, you're going to be like, what? But today, I also heard um, that Thomas Tuchel is said to be pushing for um, the former Arsenal captain, Aubameyang. Yeah, I saw that too. I mean, look, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into some of the transfer rumors swirling around United, but I think what you're seeing right now with some of these names being linked is there's just really not a lot of people that are truly available. It's it's like what was going on the last couple of years with the different types of managers being linked with Manchester United or different players. You know, there's... I'm not saying there's a dearth of talent. There's a dearth of available players that are willing to leave whatever club they're currently at to go to, you know, these clubs that are sort of, you know, not really challenging for much of anything right now. You know, Chelsea's two seasons removed from a Champions League title, and if you told somebody that after after Saturday's match, they'd have probably laughed at you. That that is 
you know, the, and, and it's not a bad team, but it's not a really good, solid team right now. And Tuchel's body language is, is, is really concerning. So two, two final things I'll say about Chelsea on Chelsea's side. Um, if you remember, I predicted Chelsea um, to finish seventh. Hmm. I, I, I still, I'm sorry, sixth. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would see them finishing seventh. Um, just depending on how this week's match against Tottenham goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tottenham. Well, I was going to say, after an early early bobble there against, uh, uh, was it Southampton? Um, boy, they, they really ran rampant. They looked to be enjoying their football. Um, I mean, it, if, hold on, let me double check a score here but i am pretty sure uh, it was i believe it was 5 to 1 but i think the more concerning aspect for everybody is that your goal scorers were Ryan Sessegnon, Eric Dyer, Asilisu Ongol and uh Dejan Kulusevski. um the Golden Boot winner and one of the guys in the running, Harry Kane and Son Young Son Young Min, didn't even have to get out of the starting blocks, and it was a 4-1 victory for Tottenham. So you've got a team showing up to your rocking up to Stamford Bridge this weekend, being fearless, looking at themselves as a true top four contender, and thinking to themselves, they smell blood in the water. This is a you know they they see you, you know in a position to really be taken advantage of. And then a week later, you've got to go to Leeds United of America and face what is looking to be a team, you know, you know, formed in the mold of Marcelo Bielsa, but looking to enjoy themselves under Jesse Marsh and Brendan Aronson looked really good. So, you know, Obviously, the the window is open, and, and who knows what's going to happen, but I don't see anybody coming in between now and the weekend that's going to just step into the lineup and suddenly be there to score goals. More importantly, not only, you know, did I see, you know, somebody who wasn't really going to, you know, know, to step up to score goals, the goal-scoring opportunities weren't really there. You weren't beating on the door, and people were failing to convert them. Right. You know, there were a lot of long searching balls into the box for a Raheem Sterling who's probably not going to be, you know, he's, he's not known for his heading. And to Kai Havertz, who despite, you know, scoring, you know, a, a goal, I believe, in the Champions League with his head, that's not really what he's out there for. So I'm not, you know, right now, I'm not sure where the goals are coming from. And what's more concerning is you got rid of the one guy who you might still be able to play nominally as, as your nine in Werner. He's back to Leipzig, or he's, he's gone to Leipzig. So, I'm looking at that lineup, I'm looking at that team sheet, and I'm wondering, you know, they might keep a clean clean sheet, but you, you can't go the whole season going 0-0. You're going to have to score some goals. <clears throat> right, right. Edward Mindy, if, if he ends up being our, our you know, player of the year, our man of the year, that, that we're, we're going to be in trouble. Um, final thing I well, want to say. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, final thing I want to say is, is that um, Godfrey fractured fibula. Yeah, and well, and and out for that length of time, and and you don't just come right back in and and just go right back at the highest level. It takes a while. It, it confidence is down because you're gonna be worried about tackles. I mean, Luke Shaw suffered a really really horrific break, and um, it it took a while for him to get back. <clears throat> Some would argue he hasn't. Um, but it, you know, it's it's 
it's not an easy thing. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he makes a full recovery. I don't think Yerry Mina has anything too bad. That looked like just kind of a bad step for him. Um, but still, you know, Everton isn't deep, so they can't really afford to have more players going down. I, you know, I, I can tell you as a United fan, um, you know, when the goalie is your player of the year, mm, that usually doesn't speak too greatly for what's going on for your team and certainly not for your back line. So, so uh, yes. hopefully you find something, man. That was the blue portion of the show. Um, let's, uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to do halftime and then go into it? Or? No, let's just continue. Nah, that's all I need to hear that. Um, <laughs> Brother, I'm telling you, I was sitting there and the, the agony was palpable. Um, yeah. I felt... I felt for you. Um, I, I was I was trying to find some, you know, some positive things, and you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting because you know we 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 are constantly telling ourselves it's the first freaking game of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't, don't look into this. Don't do. This. But in Chelsea's case, and also in Man United's ch- uh, case. Um, is this a precursor of what is to come? Is this a, like, okay, this is what we were. Now watch as Ten Hag does his thing. Is this an indication that, man, this job is just, it's going to be years in the making? What did you take away um, from the performance this past weekend? Well, I think you always had have to be looking at this as a job that's going to take several uh, transfer windows, probably a couple of seasons, to really allow him to put his stamp on this team. Um, but he's had a full preseason with these guys, and for 10 minutes, there was a really positive buzz about things. The sun was out, the fans were chanting, uh, the players were really, really getting after it. And then after an early opportunity for Bruno, um, really you could see him kind of shrink back into the shell that they played in for most of last season. You saw it really on on Rashford quite a bit. He really, you know, after some good early performances in, in preseason and looking, looking like he was after it in the uh, opening minutes, Really, really, just faded in the match. Had some opportunities in the second half, and and you know didn't take care, take advantage of those. Um, so, you know what what is really frustrating is the same problems were popping up. Fred giving the ball away, you know, is in his own third. Um, yeah, it's great that he made a tackle and and made up for the error, but you got to clean up those mistakes. That's if United are going to play out of the back, you have to be able to trust. Uh, you know, a central midfielder receiving the ball, you know, under duress and playing a ball around the corner, playing it back, playing it out. Um, you know, Harry Maguire's inability to be in the right place at the right time. Look, if you're slow, you're slow. There's plenty of guys who've been slow. John Terry was not fast. John Terry knew where to be. And Harry Maguire either just has completely forgotten how to play the game or is just done no favors by the the style of play that Man United have because he looks okay for England. He doesn't he doesn't look like this, but you watch any of the the goals or the goal scoring opportunities that um, 
Brighton had over the weekend, and it largely came from the fact that Harry Maguire is out of position and players either could not cover for him or were covering for him, and and then their man get, you know, a lot of people are really down on Luke Shaw. They were down on Luke Shaw last season, and they're down on him again. And I, I asked them, so if he doesn't come across on that second or on that first goal, then the guy in front of him maybe taps it in. You know, I mean, he the, there's this knock-on effect of one person makes a mistake, the next person makes a mistake. McTominay trying to dribble through the middle of the field, losing the ball. Now he's now he's behind the play, going the other way. So now Fred is the only protecting midfielder. Harry likes to play a high line. God knows why he's so slow, and him and Martinez haven't developed a relationship yet. Diogo Dalot is just not good enough to play. In I, I you know, I've been hoping he'd get there. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see any progress being made. I, I, he, he just doesn't have good defensive awareness. He doesn't know where to be. And while his, you know, play going forward is better than Aaron Juan Basaka, it's not so much better that it warrants him being out there and, and just quite frankly being out of position. He, he got beat by no name players in, in the Europa League in the Champions League. It's really, really hard to watch right now. And it's gonna take a lot of new players coming in. There you know, there's been good news, you know, about practice and the way the guys are training. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have ownership that really hasn't made winning a priority at Manchester United. And you you can't you know, if all you care about is the, the money coming in, you are Arsenal. You know, and to their credit, they've they've kind of overcome that in the last couple of seasons. Their ownership has has made it a priority. So until the Glazers either choose to make it a priority or step aside, as so many people are hoping they'll do. But I mean, if you own Manchester United, are you just willingly giving them up? And I don't want to hear this Michael Knight and stuff. This guy tried a, a takeover in the '80s, and it was a massive failure. Then it's not going to happen. He doesn't have the money to do it. The fans aren't going to be able to make. Uh, look, if 50% of the fans decide to to buy tickets and not show up, that's a good sign. But that's like that's like burning your Nikes after you already bought them. I'm sorry, right. you're not really. The Glazers don't care about that. The Glazers care about how much money is coming in and that's about it so long as i mean look that the glazers lifted a trophy last year it's called the super bowl trophy and that's the one they care about right so i I just don't think we're going to see a lot of major change i think we're going to see some improvement in individual players and i think there will be some some better performances but you know they're going to uh Brentford at the weekend, and that's a that's a nice feel good story because of Erickson being involved in all that jazz. But they're going to fight hard. They're not going to make it easy on Manchester United. Right. And then a week later, you have Liverpool showing up. And I, I know you know they say you know things go out the window for a rivalry, but <laughs> I tell you what, unless Liverpool show up and play as poorly as they did against Fulham, that could be a very ugly match. So. I, I don't. I just don't really have a lot of positives to take away. Um, you know, you saw some improvements as you know when Ronaldo came on. Um, it pushed uh, Erickson into a deeper lying role because there was actually a, a you know a real number nine on the field instead of the front three sort of rotating the way they did. Pushed Erickson deeper. 
Um, he's obviously tremendous on the ball. So I think, you know, bringing, if you can get Frankie de Young, if you can get um, um, Malinkovich Savage, um, you know, honestly, anybody not named Fred or McTominay. And here's the thing. It might simply be that you just can't play the two of them together. I don't think either of them are horrible, but it's the two of them together because neither one of them are the ball player and neither one of them are really the ball winner. They both really occupy similar things and neither one of them are so great at anything in particular that you're like, okay, there's a value to have them out here. Fred works his ass off. Scott bleeds for the club. I don't question any of that. They do work hard. But Scott McTominay is not uh, uh, um, Yaya Toure. He's, he's not going to be able to get the ball, shrug two guys off, and drive at the heart of your defense at 100 miles an hour, and then pick a pass. It's just not going to happen. Fred flattered to deceive early on in, in preseason with that really nice goal. And he does it once a year, and it's enough to make you forget the fact that he gives the ball away at the edge of his own D at least two or three times a game. It's, it's just not good enough. I want to see Eric Ten Hag say, you know, I'm, I'm going to give Zidane Iqbal a chance. I'm going to give Hannibal a chance. I'm going to give these youngsters a chance. And if they can't do it, then we bring in more players. But persisting with the guys who clearly can't do it and haven't been able to do it for the last couple of seasons, if he doesn't make a change, then what was the point of bringing in a new manager? Man, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the halftime of the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. Um, I need to get a halftime whistle. A whistle? No, I need to get a halftime whistle, you know, on the... We, we don't need to do that, man. There's no foul. Um, so my halftime shot today um, is going to go out to. I mean, the it goes out to, to you and our, our, our you know new dear friend of the pod norm. Um, the time that we had last night, man. Great time. Was really good. I mean, we 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 talked about deep stuff in a in an old English pub with some old English beer and it was just it was magic I, I, I had a really good Indeed. Man. Um, so my halftime shot goes to our dear friend Norm it goes to you my friend so thank you for that thank time, you brother. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you mine goes to um, and, and I know this isn't the first time we've done it and it won't be the last but it goes to uh, all the hard workers uh, at uh, Chatham Tap Fishers this weekend and, and I'll echo that for the downtown location uh, who hosted uh, a lot of Manchester United fans. I know it's hard work. There's a lot of people in there. There's a lot of screaming and noise. So shout out to uh, Claire and Adam and everybody else that was there that day uh, for looking after us, uh, best bartenders in town, best wings in town, and uh, really just appreciate them uh, always hosting us, being open early, having breakfast going. Uh, it's fantastic. And, uh, well, for putting up with a bunch of drunk people who are disappointing when their team ends at the end of the day. So shout out to them as well. And uh, shout out to you for a great convo yesterday, too. Yeah, man. <clears throat> oh, wow. Slanty. You ever had one of those just hit right? Like, not that any of them hit wrong, but, you know. Oh, some of them do. Uh, yeah. so, Some of them get caught and want to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna come revisit you in a little bit." Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, that one was that one was proper, my friend. Um, so, 
here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to spend mm-hmm. the last work just kind of um, talking about some of the things that uh, you know that we saw um, mm-hmm. from the weekend from other teams, um, and then uh, want to get into the Hey Aaron segment. Sure. Pretty simple question for you tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, so cool. let's let's just talk about this. Um, talk to me about the match that you saw that you were like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I expected. Um, same thing I say. Well, I, I'm going to pick out the Leeds Wolves match, and what I liked uh, about that match was obviously, you know, the American contingent doing what they do, um, sure. but it was the manner in which they went about it. Um, they, you know, they they went down early um, against a, you know a decent Wolves team. They're not quite what they were maybe two years ago, but there's still plenty of talent out there. There's still you know that Portuguese contingent that really, really fights um, for Bruno Lage, and Jesse Marsh seems to have these guys coming out with the right mentality, playing uh, you know an enjoyable style. They're not the slickest team out there, but they work their asses off. They've got quality players, and they're going to cause problems. I I don't see them you know challenging the top six quite just yet, but what what a great thing for us as American fans of the Premier League to look at this team and and you know see this squad full of, of hungry players that you know were working their butts off for Marcelo Bielsa before but you didn't see the expansiveness you did not see the um, you know the uh, there was no there's no plan B out of him you know I, I don't understand how you can continue to be called uh, you know a tactical genius when you don't change I mean this is this is a team that got waxed by Manchester United a year ago but you look and, and you, you see you know Jesse leading leading these guys out um, fighting with the manager from the other team at the end of the match over at, at apparent something you're not supposed to say I, I you know I'm sorry you're gonna have to be more specific than that bro because it just sounds like sour grapes because you got beat you got beat and uh you got beat uh with two americans on the field so maybe you don't like that maybe you don't want to see brendan aronson and tyler adams with that kind of success but i do so uh that that's my takeaway was really really pleased to see that for them um and because i have an idea what your question is for aaron uh i'm holding one back i can tell you that okay all right well my what was your your highlight or takeaway from the weekend It's mm-hmm. the Airlink Collins show this year, man. Mm-hmm. City. And, and he freaking showed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid. The, the, I, I, I'm a huge Dortmund fan. You know that. And I just recently became a, a fan. And you know, when you become a fan, like you go all in. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna study and I'm going to do this. Da, da, da. Um, Erling Holland for me was. Is a a, a prim, premier striker. I never realized how fast this kid was. I, you know, mm-hmm. he, he may not be like speedy, but this kid has a burst of speed. It, he ran circles around West Ham. I mean, both of his goals, the the the, the one that was a penalty kick. Okay, but the other one. He literally out 
ran the defense. If you were, mm. if, if you watch that, this kid's quick. I mean, yeah, he is so and for his size, yeah. Yes, yes, and that makes him incredibly dangerous in this league because, mm -hmm. once again, I'm I'm not sure teams have seen that type of player. We we all know how great Cristiano Ronaldo is. We we know how you know. Uh, you know, when, when he was in form, you know, obviously it wasn't in Premier League, but, um, you know, when when we see a, uh, well, let's just, just, just take Ronaldo, um, take a Messi, we, all those guys you can think of, Ivanovic, you know, uh, um, you, you think of all of these guys, but then you look at Erling Holland, and to see him do what he did to a good West Ham team. Like they, mm -hmm. you know, they're yeah. still the team from last year. They're still the team that mm -hmm. you know, finished top half of the table. who yeah. was challenging pretty much all year to break through to the top six, you know, top. This is the same Very much. He made them look silly when they tried to defend him. Mm -hmm. that, that is my like, that's my match that I sat back and I watched, and I was like, yep, yeah. that's exactly what we said was going to happen. So. Well, and, and what, what's interesting about the match itself is that you saw a very city performance, which was they got an early goal, kind of sat on it for a little bit. They looked content, but then just, you know, even West Ham had some opportunities, and even when they did... They just clean up. They've got nice players at the back. They got, I mean, that's a complete. The, that they can't get over the hump in the Champions League is really their Achilles heel at the moment. But in the Premier League, I, you know, Liverpool ran them close last year. But let's face it, these teams really aren't close, in my opinion. And, and you know, the, the ball from Kevin De Bruyne is, is what plays in, um, you know, Erling Holland there. And, that 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 combo is going to be magnificent, and then think about what that's going to open up for everybody else on the field. Um, it, it's it's really I, I'm I'm struggling to see how if if Liverpool have further hiccups like they did against Fulham, and quite frankly, Fulham could have won that match. If they have further hiccups, City will have won this league as early as anyone has ever won the Premier League. This team, this team just looks poised. Mm -hmm. Like, as yeah. much as I dislike him, Pep's a friggin' genius. Now, yeah. I, yeah. I, you know, and, and, I, and I totally agree with you in the fact that, yeah, he walked in and he had a framework there. And still, like that, still. I mean, he, it's, the, it's the job and he took it. I'd take it. I wouldn't say no. Right, exactly. exactly. <clears throat> and, and you know what? You, you don't... You don't also. There's something to be said about the fact that he does walk into these places and commands the attention of these incredible players. You know, Pep was a good player, but Pep was a water carrier for Barcelona. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that at all. No, no, no. I know that. I know that's sometimes used as a condescending term. But Didier Deschamps was the water carrier for France, and he's got. Two international trophies to show for it. He was the heart and soul of that club, or of the of that France.
French national side. You have to have guys who do that. Pep understands what it takes to win at the highest level, and he he has an innate understanding of, it seems, how to get the best out of incredibly good players. That's that's special. That's really special. Absolutely. So this leads me into the two-part Hey Aaron segment that I have mm-hmm. for you. I'm throwing something. I'm throwing nice. Something at you curveball. Yeah, curveball. Curve to do ladies and gentlemen is each week uh we're going to take a look at the 10 matches that are coming up and i'm going to read off the matches Aaron mm. pick for who's probably going to win that match and he's going to give us a reason why interesting all right you're definitely throwing me a curveball here. i know i know and then what we're going to do is the second part of hey aaron um i want to know what absolutely shocked you this weekend one thing that shocked you this past weekend. Okay, so let's get mm-hmm. on to regular business, and then we'll go to special business. So here we go. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this weekend um, of August 13th, August 14th, and Monday the 15th, here are the matches we have coming up. At 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, we have Everton going to Aston Villa. What do you feel about that? Um, boy. Real quick about it, um, Villa didn't look great against Bournemouth. Uh, I feel for Steven Gerrard. I don't know what's going on. I think he probably wishes he was back in Scotland. Um, and I'm beginning to think Frank um, wishes he was just in a pub in London somewhere. This this game might be more interesting if we just watch Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard play crossbar. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, are you asking for like a, a result? Yes, yes. Zero zero. Okay. It's gonna be trash. It's going to be trash. Do, don't wake up early on Saturday. It's gonna be trash. Don't wake up early. All right, and we have at ten a.m. We have one, two, three, four, five. We got a full slate. Yep. Full slate. So the first one. Here we go. Leeds goes to Southampton. Um, you know, after an early goal and some excitement for Southampton, it just went all south, and I believe we both tipped them for potential relegation. Leeds look up for it. Um, I, th- I think Leeds will probably strangle that game. I could see another 2 nothing, 2 one Leeds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Leicester. Leicester. All right. Goes Arsenal. I, all right. I don't... I, I, I meant to ask you about this before the game, but we're going to have to sort this out. It's Leicester City. Leicester. All right. Keep doing You know, I, th- I thought it might be ironic and you were having fun with me, so I'm just going to let it go. <laughs> but, the two, but you know the two Leicester fans that show up at, Man- at, at, at Chatham Tap Fishers are going to eventually give you shit for this. So, so uh, Leicester City and Arsenal. It does. It looks like Leicester or Worcester, you know, work, work your sister sauce. Um, so Arsenal, Leicester City, I, I tell you what, this could be an interesting challenge for Arsenal early on. Um, Leicester looked okay at the weekend. Arsenal obviously had a really, that, that it was Crystal Palace and Arsenal was a good match to kick off the season. That was fun to watch. Really thought Crystal Palace deserved something from it. But you know what? Arsenal showed some resolve and ended up getting, you know, kind of a late, cheap own goal. But that's what happens when teams push forward and and go looking for something late. I'm going to call this, um, I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I think they'll they'll push through. Leicester's going to be a little leaky at the back. They're aging out. They'll probably score just because they do. But um, yeah, I think Arsenal's going to have too much for them, and it's at home. Gotcha. Um, Newcastle goes to Brighton. I'm truly surprised that Newcastle, with all this money, really haven't been able to attract any new players. That said, they looked pretty good at the weekend. Callum Wilson scored again on the opening day for, what, like the fourth year in a row or something like that. They're looking solid. Um, Brighton, you know, yeah, they beat us, so I shouldn't be talking trash, but they did look kind of open at times. They looked really, really susceptible to the break, and that's what Newcastle does. They hit you. Alan St. Maximum gets that ball, drives forward, and then they've got multiple ways to get at you. So I think I'm going to see Newcastle win 2-1 away here. Okay. By the way, Newcastle said that if Captain America was available, they would go after him. Yeah, and you know what? I, if I were Captain America, I would not go to go there from the simple point of view of one don't stay in the same league hey it just it doesn't make sense and two i just ha- I, I don't given the fact that there's all this money available and they really haven't brought in any other big names i would be a little hesitant to to say go there so no i don't think so i'm gonna i'm gonna skip over one because i think i know what you're I'm going to go through the next, through the final one at 10 a.m. Fulham goes to Wolves. Um, this could be a fun match. Uh, these are two teams that are probably going to be struggling to, to find the middle of the table. Fulham looked good money against Liverpool. Wolves didn't look terrible against Leeds. Um, they're going to struggle to create goal-scoring opportunities, but I think so will Fulham. Um, if I'm not mistaken, did both goals come from the spot, maybe? I'm not quite sure. But um, I think this is going to be a bit of a war of attrition, 1-1 maybe. Okay. And then finally at the 10 10 a.m. slot, the upset of the year. Bournemouth goes to the Etihad. You know, if this game were in in Bournemouth, I might be more inclined to say I could see Bournemouth getting something out of it. It wasn't, you know, City didn't just wipe West Ham off the field. They they did not. They they were in complete control of the match, but this wasn't one of those, oh, they could have scored four or five kind of games. They were in a match, and they understand how to manage it. The question is, yeah, the question is, is Bournemouth going to be wide open? Are they going to get pulled apart? This game could be... I could see it just being a simple one nothing from City because they might score early and just not really go for it. It could be five nothing. It really could get bad. It really could. And that and that's no slight to Bournemouth. People are gonna lose big to City because when City go for it, City can hit you so many ways. Yes, yes. And then the final match on Saturday, Brentford hosts and United. <sighs> My my heart says this this team will fight and will recover, and Eric Ten Hag has a plan and he's trying to execute it. I would imagine we're going to see Ronaldo from the start, which hopefully means we're going to see Erickson a slightly deeper role. I I would really like to see a starting lineup that was you know still that four two. 
actually, I would love to see a switch to a back three because I think that might be most beneficial to what we have. Um, playing Martinez, Maguire, and Varane or Lindelof in a back three might be the best suited thing for him. Martinez has played as a holding midfielder previously for Ajax. I think that's what he was when he first came there. So we might see a shakeup, but I definitely think we're going to see Ronaldo from the start with Erickson in a deeper-lying role. I think that's going to create more opportunities. My head tells me that there's still problems and Brentford's going to fight like hell. McCall 2-2. Sunday we have two matches. Um, at mm. 9 o'clock we have West Ham going to Nottingham Forest. What do you think? Nottingham Forest did not look great. They they just did not look, you know, for for all the the you know the nice story of who they are coming up and all that jazz. They just didn't look great. West Ham are going to be a little aggrieved because they played some decent football at times against City. Um, that you know they've still got that that core. They've got um, um, what Suchek and um, Fornals, I believe, and then obviously Declan Rice. That's a good club. They're they're not going to be bad. They fought for the top six for a good portion of last year. Um, West Ham probably two to nothing. Okay. I don't I don't see where goals are coming from for Forest this year. Mm-hmm. Poor Forest. And then the showdown at the Bridge: Tottenham versus Chelsea. I'm sorry, man. You're losing this game. You're losing this game probably, I, I think it's probably going to be 3-1. I think Tottenham can score goals. You're going to get one somewhere um, just because Chelsea manages to do that. But I just, this early in the season and from what I saw at the weekend, it's going to take a drastic change in just energy and personality from the team to 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 cause problems. That said, Spurs might be Spursy. That you know, it's 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 the you know that's the crack on them for a long time. But on form right now, I'm sorry, man. I think Spurs is going to take this one. Okay. Well, you know, the only thing we have going for us is three matches last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three times. So. No doubt. No doubt. There's something that Tuchel has up his sleeve that you know is a Tottenham killer. Um, well, it better be Didier Drogba. And then finally, my friend, Monday, which um, depending on how you know how your work is going on Monday, I may meet you. Maybe. To Maybe. Watch Liverpool hosting Crystal Palace. I tell you, I think this match is going to tell us an awful lot about both of these clubs. Crystal Palace has got to feel bad to not have come away from that opening day match. With a point, they just battered Arsenal at times, long periods in that second half. They've got tremendous players. Zaha, now Eze's back healthy. You got Nathaniel Klein. You got all these guys pouring forward. The problem is, if you leave yourself open at the back, Liverpool is going to punish you. I'm going to say, gosh, again, this. I think this could be very telling. You know, if Liverpool don't show than they did against Fulham could could be a bummer of a season for them um, but I think I'm backing them to kind of find some form Klopp is a wonderful manager yep. and seems to really you know take losses on board and say no nah, we're going to bounce back from this and this is what we're going to cover so I'm going to call it Liverpool 3-1 okay all right and ladies and gentlemen there's the first part um, I'm anxious and curious to hear the second part of the Hey Aaron segment. Aaron, oh wait a minute, let me do it right. Hey Aaron, 
what shocked you? What horrified you? What <laughs> what inspired you? What was the most shocking moment from this? I won't say I was shocked because I'm expecting him to be very good, but what horrified me is how fucking good Erling Holland looks already with Manchester City. The the penalty was I mean you you honestly could have told a goalie exactly where you were gonna put it and and let him take a step and no one's saving it. That ball hit the inside of the post with pace, with power and tucked in. The second goal, the the run, the 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 ball from De Bruyne, and notice that he ran around the ball yes. to shape and just absolutely stroked it home. It, it's it's exactly what he does. And I'm I'm currently looking at the top single season goal scorers for the Premier League, and the top of the list is Mo Salah with 32 uh, four years ago, 2017 2018 season. So I guess technically five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he if, well if, if 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 City, you know, if he stays healthy, if they play the way that they can play. I could see him beating that. And I'm looking at this list. There's some tremendous players on this list. Salah, Luis Suarez, Cristiano Ronaldo, Alan Shearer, Harry Kane, Robin Van Persie, Thierry Henry, Kevin Phillips somehow, uh, Harry Kane again, and Didier Drogba. And I'm looking at this list, and I I always hate doing this because I, I want players to be play, their own player. I want Erling Holland to just be Erling Holland. But when I'm looking and, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what this man brings to the table, He's a cross between Robin Van Persie and Didier Drogba. He is powerful, strong, left foot, right foot, good in the air. You can't do a damn thing about him. I could see him scoring 35, maybe 40 goals. The only thing that might keep him from scoring so many goals is that City spread the love around. That's about it. Wow. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our Hey Aaron segment. Aaron, you confirmed my worst fears, my friend. Mm -hmm. This young man is is amazing, and I'm just you know, there's there's part of me as a football fan that yeah. loves seeing him play. From a neutral's perspective, I love it. The fact that he's wearing that jersey, I just want to vomit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. That brings us to our final section. Aaron's final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This this is actually going to qualify as a short show, my friend. Yeah, technically. We'll come in in under an hour and be able to post it on Instagram. Um. <clears throat> That's awesome. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Aaron, um, dude, your final thoughts. What have you got for us this week? You know, my final thoughts are this. Um, that, you know, there was a report um, a week or so ago that said that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Harry Maguire are the most abused, I believe, Premier League players um, on Twitter. Um, and, and, you know, the, to a certain extent, you, you play for what has historically been seen as the biggest club on the planet. There's always the anti, you know, the anybody but United brigade. You know, it, criticism is one thing. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But Harry Maguire's had death threats to his family. Um, you know, Ronaldo's lost a child shortly. And these are these are the sticks that they're hitting people with. 
this is ugly fandom and uh, you know i'm i'm all for some banter i like having some fun and if you give me some stick i'll give it back but these are people they're human beings cristiano ronaldo may have so much money and a supermodel wife and all that stuff but at the end of the day he's a man just like you and me and everybody else and if you think he played like shit say he played like shit but personal attacks that's that's beyond the pale and it really has no place in our game. So we're talking about, you know, respect campaign, respect campaign for referees and kick racism out of the game and all this stuff. And those are all true. And I just want to say, you know, stop and think sometimes. And it, 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 again, you know, if, if, if Harry Maguire is an ocean liner, he does turn like a steam trunk. It, 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 these are true things. And you know what? I bet he'd be the first guy to put his hand up after this weekend's game and say it wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. But you don't talk about a man's wife and children and threaten them and make disgusting comments. And then, you know, I know you throw in, and, and, and look, Cristiano and, and uh, you know, uh, Harry Maguire aren't, aren't viewed as people. Uh, Harry Maguire is not a person of color, and Cristiano is, you know, a... Portuguese person, I'm not even going to pretend to understand where that that might get put on the line. But sure. you throw in the abuse that Bukayo Sacco and uh, uh, Marcus Rashford and Jaden Sancho as players of color have taken. And we've got a long way to go as a society. So I want to be the first to say, I don't want to see it. And if I hear it, I'm going to let you know about it. I and if you're wearing a United jersey while you say that stuff, you're not a fan. You're not a fan of my book. Anybody can go to the store and buy a jersey. It doesn't make you a fan. Yes. If, if, if I believe we stand behind this team for as long as we can, you stand behind your own team for as long as you can, and if you think it's time to make changes, then it's time to make changes. But you can do it the right way. You can say it's time for us to part ways yourself and another human being in the process so folks keep it positive keep it on the up and up it's tough to be a fan but that doesn't mean you got to take it out on people it, it, it's just there's there's no place for it so that's my statement this week um be good to each other and uh keep it positive hit that music my friend ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us we appreciate you Definitely. Look, lads. Love you, Vol.